Good morning, friends. It's our favorite day. It is fucking Monday. I don't know. That was terrible. Welcome to Outside Perspective, guys, with me, Adam Meredith. If you are listening when this drops, it is Monday. Um, If you're not, no worries. I still appreciate you listening, so it's all good. Uh, Housekeeping. If you have not, go subscribe to the podcast. Also, leave a rating, leave a review. If you haven't checked out the socials, go check those out. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Go like those pages. Everything helps. So, now that we have that out of the way, let's take a second and talk about what you're eating for breakfast. Or better yet, what you could be eating. If you're like most of us, you need something quick for breakfast. I got you covered. Mighty Cricket Cereal. Now I know what you're thinking. Crickets. Hear me out, folks. Crickets are actually a complete protein containing all nine essential amino acids. They are high in vitamin B12 and have an excellent ratio of omegas. Not to mention, they are one of the, if not the most, sustainably sourced proteins available. They use far less land and water than any other protein source, including plants. So, keep an open mind. Because not only are crickets good for you, they actually taste delicious. Once you roast them, they actually have like a nutty flavor. Mighty Cricket, they have a 100% pure cricket protein, a cricket waffle and pancake mix, which all you need for that is water or your favorite type of milk, i.e. like an almond milk or cow's milk if you prefer that. And that actually packs 10 grams of protein per serving. And they have an oatmeal. Their oatmeal comes in three different flavors. comes in a cinnamon apple, coconut cream, and a dark cocoa. These things taste phenomenal. They only take one or two minutes to warm up in the microwave, and you're good to go. Mighty Cricket only uses quality ingredients, and they don't pack it full of all the fucking junk. It's not going to be packed full of sugar or fillers or any of those artificial ingredients. You're getting a quality breakfast and none of the junk. So, if you'd like to check out any of their products, go over to cricketcereal.com. That's cricket, C-R-I-C-K-E-T, C-E-R-E-A-L, I want to take a second and tell you guys about my friends over at Jumbo Superfoods. Jumbo Superfoods is a California-based health food company that provides the highest quality cannabis-based products. But I want to tell you guys specifically about their CBD line. CBD stands for cannabidol. Cannabidol is one of the many cannabinoids found in the cannabis plant and has also been shown to have medicinal value meaning it can aid in improving your health. The cannabis plant is an adaptogen, and CBD specifically has been shown to reduce inflammation, aid in mood regulation in cases of depression, but it can also reduce anxiety and stress, and has neuroprotective properties, meaning it can help the brain. It blows my mind when I think about all of the different things that this one plant can do. And this is just a small list of the benefits of CBD. Now, before I go any further, I know many of you have already heard the word cannabis and have automatically gotten worried. Let me put your worries to bed. You're asking yourself, will I fail a drug test? No, you will not. If you are buying high-quality products, like those from Jumbo Superfoods, they use only premium ingredients, nothing artificial, nothing harmful. 
all their products are made right here in the U.S., and they are tested in a lab to measure for purity. You can actually go over to their website, jambosuperfoods.com, and see the lab results for yourself. Go check it out. And while you're there, you can check out their full line of CBD products. They have CBD spray. Their CBD spray is phenomenal. I like to put the cinnamon one in my coffee. Tastes delicious. They have CBD drops, both for you and your pets. They have a grass-fed ghee and MCT oil. Add that to your coffee. They have a lip balm. They have a muscle balm, which is my absolute favorite. I use the muscle balm after training jiu-jitsu. I put it on my fingers. I put it on my sore muscles and such. It makes a world of difference. So remember, go over to jambosuperfoods.com. That's J-A-M-B-O-S-U-P-E-R-F-O-O-D-S, jambosuperfoods.com. Check them out. Use the link in the show notes. It helps support the podcast, so I thank you in advance. If you're a first-time shopper, use the code JAMBOLOVESYOU at checkout, and you'll get 15% off your first order. So one more time, go to jambosuperfoods.com. Use the link in the show notes. It helps support the podcast, and use the code JAMBOLOVESYOU at checkout to save 15%. All right, now on to today's guest. I sit down with Ryan Hansen, aka the Primal Coach. Ryan is the head coach and owner of the studio gym Primal here in the St. Louis area, and he is also an elite athlete for First Form. Which brings me to story time, boys and girls. So sit back, grab some popcorn, and just enjoy yourself. Um, how did I become aware of Ryan? How did he um, get into my sight of vision? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. But I first became aware of Ryan because of First Form. So 2000, 2009, 2010, I worked for a company here in St. Louis called Supplement Superstores. Uh, this company is also owned by the same person who owns First Form, that being Andy Frizzella and his business partner. So Andy is one of the biggest entrepreneurs in the country right now. He's killing it. Um, he has a podcast called the MFCEO Project. If you aren't listening to that, do yourself a favor. Go do so. It is a fantastic fucking pro uh, podcast. Lots of great content. Lots of actionable things that you can do to improve your life, improve your business, and just fucking own everything. Own it. Own your life. Become the CEO of your life. Anyway, now that that pitch is done, um, yeah, so I worked at Supplement Superstores, and it was really cool to be a part of that company because, like I said, Andy um, is one of the owners, and at that time, he was still doing all of the, doing all of the interviews for the store. Uh, this is before First Form had become the mega brand that it is, and during this time, First Form only had two products. Uh, two products. It was their Ignition, which is their uh, sucrose uh, or their dextrose uh, product, their simple sugar essentially, uh, and then they had a 
whey concentrate called level one they had chocolate vanilla and strawberry those are the two flavors or three flavors and then or those are the two products three flavors two products and then they introduced their third product called level one which is their whey isolate pro uh, protein had it had two flavors watermelon and fruit punch fast forward all these years later I don't know how many products they have. Um, they have a huge product line. They have apparel now. They have uh, everything that you could want from um, from a supplementation standpoint. And they're killing it. So all these years, I've always followed them. I think they have a fantastic mission. I think they're killing it in the game. I think they are doing a wonderful thing in the space. So I like to support those type of companies. I like to support... Uh, people that are doing those type of things and that's how I came across Ryan he uh, entered and won their their athlete uh, search challenge and uh, and I I dig his philosophy on training and and uh, health and I think uh, he's just an interesting guy he's uh, an entrepreneur all the way around and he's just kind of killing it in that space in general so, uh, yeah, I think you guys are going to enjoy this conversation. So, here we go. Voice. Same voice. Yep, same voice. Ryan Hansen. How are you, brother? Good, man. Good. I really appreciate you inviting me to your loft. Yeah. It's a very nice space down here. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Um, you know, my first question, whenever I saw you, I was going to ask you, like, why is your gym so far away from where uh, you live? That's a good, everybody asked that. I know, but you actually already answered it. I don't know if you realized that you said you used to live in West County. Mm -hmm. Well, so, the, the whole thing was... Yeah, tell um, me about it. I used to work for Club Fitness. So I'm a city kid. I'm from Brooklyn. So I, I really thrive and I feel most comfortable in the city. I used to work for Club Fitness and... Um, I was living in the city, working at the one in University City, which is close by. Mm -hmm. Then I moved out to Lifetime Fitness in West County, but I was still living in the city. And then I had, you know, that 35, 40 minute commute. So then I moved out to the county and um, worked at Lifetime, opened up my own gym a couple of years ago. And all my clients were already out there, but I just missed the city. Like my heart is here. So I decided to move back downtown and I had everything set up there. So my gym is already there. So I just kind of make the drive. But yeah, yeah. West County, I mean, I don't know who your uh, listeners are, but West County, or even the county, let's say, and St. Louis City are two different worlds. Oh, yeah. It's like night and day. It's like literally two parts of the uh, the country. Um, so I like, uh, I just do better in the city. Right. My clients are all out there. So, so what brought you to St. Louis in the first place? Because let's 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 backtrack yeah, a little bit, right? Yeah. So you're from, from Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I was born in Brooklyn. Uh, then I went to Westchester. Moved to Westchester not too, uh, probably when I was like, twelve or thirteen. Went to school in the city, and then moved here in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, when the market collapsed. Like two thousand eight, the housing market collapsed, and everything melted, and nobody could get a job in New York City. So my mother is a corporate executive. She got recruited by uh, Wachovia, which later became Wells Fargo. Mm -hmm. So she said, hey, come out to St. Louis. Because nobody in 
and my graduating class could even get a job at that time. Like 2009, when I graduated college, everything was just wiped. Every, yeah. I went to school for business and entrepreneurship. My roommate went for finance. My other roommate went for finance, and we could not get – they wanted to be at, like, big firms, but there was nothing. It was all just evaporated. So she said, come out to St. Louis. I'll get you a job at Wells Fargo. Well, actually, it was Wachovia at the time, and this was in 2010. Came out here, did that like much like your story corporate did it for i only la- i lasted probably about a month it's brutal man I mean, it lasted about a month it's just not it's not for me no not like, for me either. i know it sounds like you know the thing to say like oh like nine to five rat race all that like some people th- do really well in that environment and they like that um the structure and all that i just i just i joke that i'm unemployable in a sense like i just don't do well with boss and bosses and all that i have my own way of doing things so I lasted about a month and then I got a job at Club Fitness because I always was into fitness and wellness and working out, mostly bodybuilding at first. And then it's kind of evolved and morphed into what I do today. But uh, since 12 years old, I've been in gyms. My first job ever was actually cleaning locker room. I probably like 16 cleaning locker rooms for a local gym in New York um, for like a membership and then, you know six bucks an hour whatever it was nice nice yeah. nice was it uh was it a pretty big adjustment coming to missouri yeah oh yeah i mean everybody i meet even to this day it, when i tell them i'm from new york like why would you come to st louis and <laughs> it, it was definitely a culture shock um yeah. people in the city that i met were like oh they live in the they thought i mean to in their perspective it was like they were living in the big city but like this to me is like an anthill yeah you know compared to living in new york city oh for sure um so as far as adjustments it was definitely like i would say the people here obviously they're a little bit uh laid more laid back not as high strung and crazy as they are in new york city um but uh good good midwestern people cost of living is super low that was that was a shock yeah i mean i was going out to bars and just going out in the city in new york and it'd be 16 dollars for a drink you know you go out to dinner it's like 35 for an entree right come here and it's like six bucks four bucks for a drink and whatever you know 15 17 for an entree so it was totally different cost of living housing was so low compared to new york um you could live like a king for like 50 grand here which was pretty cool and um yeah I, I just think it's a little bit the one the one thing i'll say about st louis it's a little bit more um like there's not as much like diversity in new york there's so many different types of people mm-hmm. white black jewish puerto rican oh, yeah. chinese in st louis there's like two or three races and everybody kind of just stays in, the, in their lane yeah. i wish there was more diversity and more like everybody was kind of like inclusive um i found coming from an outside place state that everybody kind of had their own click already like the whole age-old question of like um what high school did you go to i fucking hate that question yeah so so weird i've i've still to this day have have had a hard time like having a a set group because people that i met they you know i would hang out with them but they still hung out with the same people they went to high school with yeah and it was just different for a, a, a kid from new york to come in and like it just was very clicky. Yeah. So even to this day, it's, it's still it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a, that's a, a really unfortunate thing about mm-hmm. the area. I say, I tell that to people. And, um, so I was in San Francisco a couple weekends ago mm-hmm. and um, I was, I was telling that to somebody and I don't think they really, it really like made sense to them. It, like me it, saying that. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> and unless you're here, you don't really, um, know what that, that feels like. It's funny. I was at Trader Joe's yesterday and they had one of those, um, like to go bags 
and on the to-go bag, it said, uh, what's, what high school did you go to? It was like a St. Louis-themed to-go bag. Yeah. Trader Joe's branded bag with that saying on it. I'm like, oh, dude, fuck, That's dude. pretty crazy that yeah. like, Trader Joe's is printing bags in St. Louis for their stores that say that on the bag. <laughs> right. Dude. That blows me away. I know. I, I, I was actually, my girlfriend just moved here, and I was like, hey, that's actually a St. Louis. And she, I was explaining the whole thing and situation. Like, that's a very, like, cliche thing that St. Louis has is um, people that go, you go to high school and you stay with those people. Plus, they ask you about that because it, it reveals a lot about who you are, your religious background, economic background, mm-hmm. who you hung out with. Like, it just, you can tell a lot from somebody they by their high school, I guess, in that one question. Yeah. But, on the flip side to that is people that went to high school went to high school where they're probably the people you hang out with to this day. Yeah, yeah, you do see that a lot. It can be a challenge trying mm-hmm. to uh, break into mm-hmm. those circles. Whereas in New York, everybody is just like, you know, on the move. You, you just always connected with new people. There's people moving in, moving out. There's a lot of people that lit, that are like from New York, but there's a lot of people that are just from other parts of the world that want to come to like, you know, make it big or whatever. So yeah, that's cool. Sure. That's really cool. Yeah, dude. And uh, so I've been doing quite a bit of traveling this year. Like I've just made a point to where, so like we were talking beforehand, like I had my son whenever I was 20, Mm -hmm. had my daughter whenever I was 22. I got married whenever I was 21. You were an adult really early on. Super early. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) never like not had responsibility Mm -hmm. Um, for some reason. So backtracking to the Midwest and just this whole conservative mindset and this very, you know, uh, linear way of thinking, it was always, you know, fucking go to school, you get your degree, you get that corporate job, you fucking, you find the wife, you know, when are you going to settle down and start having a family and having kids? I'm just like, I'm fucking on the ball, dude. I'm 21. I'm doing it all. I'm I'm winning. I'm fucking winning, winning. dude. Yeah. Like a fucking idiot. That's that's funny because I feel like in, there's more pressure in the mid, like Midwest, I'll say, to do that than there is in New York. People in New York and maybe even like the East Coast, even the West Coast, Mm -hmm. it's the, you do that stuff later on. Yeah. You know, you kind of like find yourself, you get your career, you, you kind of like figure yourself out. And then like late twenties, even, even like mid thirties, that's when all, but I feel like when I came here, I was really taken back by how many people were already married, had kids yeah. and all that at, you know, when I came here, I was 22 at 22. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I was one of those people. You're one of those people. Yeah. yeah. So like having like traveled around and um, it's just so nice to go to see, like I've been to Austin. We talked about Austin mm-hmm. a little bit. Like you go places like there and um, like I'm, I stick out in a place like this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a bit of a, a weird person, which is right. totally fine with me. But like you go to other places and you don't nah, like, you I just, right yeah, yeah, dude, I just feel so just so normal. Like, uh-huh. you know, I don't feel weird, yeah. which is really cool, but it just is what it is, man. You know, you take it, it is what it is. Um, so you were studying business, so you never saw yourself kind of doing the, the health and fitness path, right? Um, is there more to that question? Um, well, I mean, I'm, sometimes I don't really ask questions. I just yeah. like yeah, just make, tr- make statements prompt, prompt into it. a question. Yeah, yeah. yeah but um, So I, I would say I always was um, like creative and into business, more like the entrepreneurial stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that because I always – like I said, worked out since I was 12 years old. Um, I figured it was going to be something in the fitness space. Okay. Like my final project for my entrepreneurship class was to design a gym um, and then talk about that. Oh, okay. So, okay. yeah, I mean, like I, I wasn't going to be like a businessman where like I was, um, you know, for not trading stocks. Yeah, no, fucking, exactly. Yeah. I wasn't in finance. I was in entrepreneurship yeah. and my entrepreneurship 
tendencies uh, were more geared towards fitness, health, because that's what I have done forever. Um, and as like, like I said, my final project was that um, I never saw myself being a, a, a straight like suit and tie business person. I saw myself being a businessman because I wanted to create my own way. And that's only, that's really like how I like felt most comfortable. Um, I thought I was going to actually open like a, in, in New York, we have this thing called New York sports club or like the equivalent here would be like, um, what would be like, uh, like a lifetime. I yeah. thought I was going to do like one of those things. Like that's like big business. I didn't yeah. know I was going to open up like a studio and mm-hmm. do small group training because at the, at the time, small group, I wasn't even like looking at being a personal trainer. I just thought I was going to open a gym. Yeah, you just, just, you just run it. People, yeah, people I didn't know. It. I didn't know. Like it wasn't until I came to St. Louis and was like, I love fitness. I love health. I've always worked out. Let me try to be a trainer because at the time in 2010, being a trainer wasn't all that cool. It was like an in-between job. It was, Like right now, everybody, you know, at this point, with Instagram, social media, everybody's a trainer. At that point, it was like I was actually looked down upon by probably my contemporaries in school because, like, I was going to be a personal trainer, which wasn't, like, a real career. Yeah. It was, like, something you did, like, in the meantime mm-hmm. until you got a real job or it was something that you had to do when, like, you know, you had no other options. Like, it was, like, very typical, like, meathead type. Oh, you're going to be a personal trainer? Really? So, at that point, like – yeah, it wasn't what it was today. And that was only eight, which is crazy. It was only eight years ago. It shows you how, like, things change. Yeah, dude, things change real fast, mm-hmm. especially with uh, the internet. Especially with the – and also just in the industry. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I – um, so I, I kind of grew up and, like, I thought of, like, trainers as, like, dude, you're a fucking trainer, dude. Like, I thought, like, celebrity trainers. That's funny. That's the yeah. first thing that always kind of came to mind from, like – I grew up in, like, the backwoods, like, dirt road, like, okay. roads. Like, yeah. that was, like, a big thing to me. But yeah, dude, it um I could definitely see from like uh like your environment like why that would have like been frowned upon. It's like dude, we're just going to go work in a gym all yeah. day. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So my first my the first job I ever had at 16 folding towels and cleaning the locker room, I looked but at 16 years old I looked at the trainers like they were like rock stars. They were like celebrities. Like, man, do they get to work out all day? Yeah. Like they get to train people, they have cool clients, they're doing all these crazy moves with their clients. Like to me it was like I put it on a pedestal when I got to college and all my friends were like taking like big jobs at like Merrill Lynch and Morgan Stanley and all these things. Like to be a trainer, that was like, dude, you're going to be working a gym and wear sweatpants. Like what about your like three piece suit and like your cool briefcase? Like what are you talking about? Yeah. So it it didn't really make sense at the time. Um, And then now it's it's kind of evolved and I've just, I've, I think I've been a trainer for this long because it's the only thing I've really been good at and I know how to do. Yeah. Well, I enjoy it. I mean, just that, that connection with people mm-hmm. and like helping people and mm-hmm. seeing them get those results. Mm-hmm. It's just such a cool thing to be a part yeah, of. Man. It's, it's, it's definitely something that you can both tangibly see their results, like, but also like their person, their being changes, which is really cool. And like, it sounds very tired, but, um, you know, you literally change somebody's life. Yeah, you really do. So what's your, what's your fitness background? I mean, we kind of like, mm-hmm alluded yeah. to it a little bit but like what is your what is kind of your journey with fitness? so i started working out uh at, in a universal like not a bowflex but like a pseudo bowflex type of thing mm-hmm. in my parents basement at 12 years old i was like writing down my workouts doing push-ups blasting 50 cent at the time like i was so into it um i read arnold's encyclopedia the, yeah i dude. mean i think everybody starts I think there so. i mean that thing's like i remember getting it for christmas and being like whole like i felt like i had like the bible in my hands like the holy grail like all the knowledge was in this and i remember watching pumping iron so like many people probably i started out in more of a bodybuilding um style of training i did some strongman when i was in college i entered a few competitions which was cool 
Um, then I got into a little bit of like CrossFit after college. Not, it wasn't like dropping into CrossFit classes, but I was getting um, acquainted with like the movements. And I was going to other gyms and learning. Um, I never that, that style didn't really sit well with me. But I would say I've always worked out since you know I'm 31 now. So for the past 19 years, started at bodybuilding. Went to strongman, CrossFit, and then now it's more like functional, like yeah. holistic, kind of like um, I would say like a lot of body weight, still general strength. Like my heart will always be in like athletics in terms of like general strength and conditioning work, like heavy deadlifts, heavy squats, oh, yeah. like all that kind of stuff um, with now layered on top of like mobility and body weight stuff uh, and flexibility, even like some yoga. Yeah. Just much, just geared much more towards um, like sustainable training mm -hmm. and like longevity. Right? I just don't want to get hurt. Like the oh, one dude. thing in, in fitness, you see a lot of people just getting screwed up. Like they have oh, yeah. no business in doing a lot of these exercises. And um, I don't want to be somebody who's 35, 40 years old and, you know, bro broken knees, broken back. And then, not have the whole long term. I want to be able to do this stuff until I'm 80 and 90. I don't want to like burn out at 30 because I kill myself or 40 because I was doing oh, things yeah. wrong. Yeah. I want to be able to do it forever. Like Jack Elaine's a big inspiration to me. Like mm -hmm. that dude was like nine years old and still doing crazy stuff. Yeah. Dude, did you have you seen that um, that recent documentary with uh, Ronnie Coleman? Coleman? Yeah, dude. Dude, dude. I was talking about that the other day. It's funny you mentioned that. I was talking about that the other day. And he was somebody I remember watching on YouTube. And being just like blown away by what this guy can do. But even something at that time, even though I wasn't like well versed in fitness, something in my mind said to me, like, this dude's, this is gonna be a problem. Cause like, there's no way your body can withstand 700 pounds of squats. Weight, man. 800, and then his form was just god awful. But he was, you know, he was a monster. And like, I remember watching that documentary and being like, I mean, I kind of knew this was gonna happen. It was sad to see, like, he was literally like a cripple. I mean, yeah. he, he looked normal sitting down like during the interview. He was fine, like, you know, still in shape, still had veins popping out everywhere. He's still lifting. But the way it was almost like seeing like those, ever see like those kids that can't walk like on like those? Yeah. It looked like something like that. His hips are just all shot to hell, and dude. And he's, you know, he's had so many surgeries. He's still a young, I mean, he's probably in his 40s or 50s at this point. He still has a, a long life to live, and he can't even, I mean, he's incapacitated. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how old he is, but yeah, he um, he's put him, he's put himself in a, a hard situation. And I, I think I read an article about that, and he said if he would do it all over again, he'd do it again. Yeah. Well, what kind of got me was um, he's still doing the same shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like he's doing really well with right. his business. But he's still working out doing that shit. Yeah, like he was doing fucking leg sled and I stuff know, like that. Like I there's know. just so many other things you could be doing. Man. I think what happens is, um, it is like as you, as you get older and you kind of get like he's – He's so ingrained into bodybuilding, like that's such a part of his being. It mm -hmm. just wouldn't make sense for him to train any other to train way. Any other way. That's yeah. all he's ever known. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think even there's like I was joking about this to my girlfriend that like there's like stereotypical generational ways that people train. Mm -hmm. Like you'll see the old guy at the gym doing like some random half rep, and he'll go around from like machine to machine. He's wearing like khakis and like like you know new balance shoes like oh yeah that dude. stereotype yeah, right yeah and then there's He's like more the ronnie coleman yeah and there's like the ronnie coleman who's like you know the guy with the weight belt on that's got a gut hanging out over his thing and he's got like the wraps and he's yep. like you know mid 50s doing like bodybuilding big stuff. barrel chest big yeah. arms like there's the generational and i feel like 
even if I was to go up to these dudes and be like, yo, there's a better way. Uh, let me show you something else. It wouldn't register. Like, it no. wouldn't register. No. And some of that is just ego. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I, I know what I'm doing, yeah. bro. What yeah. are you talking about? Right. You can't right. tell me shit. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's just not it sustainable. Is, it, I, I just have always, I've always kept an open mind. Like, even though I grew up in the bodybuilding era with, like, guys like Ronnie Coleman, Jay Cutler, and then seeing CrossFit and the evolution of that, I just always had an open mind. I was not somebody who was like, oh, this is like, you know, I'm only going to do it this way. I was always curious. Like I remember going to a yoga class, like probably this is probably five years ago now for the first time and getting my ass kicked. And I'm like, here I am deadlifting 500 pounds and being like, I can't even do a plank. Like that's, that to me stood out as something that like, that's a problem. Like, let me explore that. Not be like, oh, you know, screw planks. Planks are stupid. Those are for like old people that have back problems. Like it just was interesting to me that like, I thought I was in, in good shape being able to be really strong, but I didn't have like the core stability or even like the, the, just the core strength to do this stuff. So like, let me add that to my tool belt. I never like shunned things away. Like you'll see. Oh yeah. 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 Like you'll, you'll see people just completely discredit other types of training. And And I'm always like, let me at least try it and see what happens. Versus being like, oh, like that looks stupid. Like even with my training, uh, people like write it off as like, oh, all he does is like crawl around on the ground and like throw around some maces. Like it just, but like until you actually do it, you should not have any um, opinion about it because you don't know. Yeah, man. And um, I take that kind of approach to just just nutrition and health and wellness mm-hmm. as, you know, mm-hmm. as a whole because fuck, dude, we're learning all the time yeah. and just the amount of information that's coming out now. Um, I used to think like eating pancakes with peanut butter was like just great for like breakfast. You know what I mean? Just like bleach flour, just like the lowest fucking, you know, the cheapest thing you could find. Like, yeah, dude, this is good breakfast. You know what I mean? You know what's still funny, dude? You can probably find somebody who believes that still Still. and has a, has a, a study that like, oh, but this study shows that you should have, like, that's what's so mm-hmm. crazy about the fitness industry. Everybody has their own opinion. So it, it is hard to navigate through and be like, okay, what is true? Yeah. What do I know for a fact? Because like you said, there's so much information coming out there. One study contradicts the next study, which contradicts the next study. And it's like, and that's by design, right? There's a lot of misinformation out there. Yeah. There's a whole confused. generation that's yeah. been lied to and they don't uh, understand, you know? Yeah. So they are skeptical whenever mm-hmm. you start telling them about different ways of doing things. Right. And, um, you know, uh, the, 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 what the, fuck, the health industry, the fitness industry of yesterday yeah. wasn't geared towards like longevity or sustainability. No. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about that. It was just about just like aesthetics and looking good. Yeah. Yeah. And um, a lot of people don't even understand like you can be normal body weight, but metabolically obese. So you may look okay. But that's a great, I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's an actual medical term, dude. Metabolically wow. obese. So you're a fucking 400 pound diabetic on the inside, but you're ripped as shit. If it fits your macros, cool. But yeah. dude, but if, what's going on? What's it's going like on on the un- inside? Under the hood. Yeah, right? dude. Like, and that's what people don't understand, dude. So um, yeah, I had a point to that. But um, I, do, I do know what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Um, so having been an entrepreneurship and like I listen to Andy's podcast yeah. a lot and like having gone to school, like I had this very, like, I'm just like, dude, I feel like I wasted a lot of time having gone to school. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of self-education reading and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, um, do you feel like going to school for entrepreneurship was very helpful for you? Hmm. I think it's, uh, that's a, I think it's probably, that's a personal it goes by the person. So right. for me, you learned some good business practice. I did. And I also had something that is not, 
uh, quantifiable, which is I had confidence in myself that I, so at, at my graduation, my entrepreneurship teacher um, pulled me aside and said, hey, Ryan, like you have something here. You need to go and do something. Like she made a point to really like kind of like give me a little pep talk. I'll never forget this at my graduation at the ceremony. And I was like, huh, because I was somebody who like kind of believed in myself. But just that little bump is something that still to this day has stuck with me. Um, I don't think I really like learned anything that uh, I could take. Like I'm not like recalling, you know, entrepreneurship 101 classes today. But I do think that um, the the being in that environment, being with that teacher, um, yeah, entrepreneurship is. I don't know. It's it's a weird question because like <laughs> entrepreneurship is so like the wild west, mm-hmm. and school is so like systematized and and like it's test and like you become a student and you become yeah. a student of the game versus somebody who's like a player of the game. Right. So I I think that you can. It's a it's a tough one because so for me like yeah. I don't necessarily feel like uh, my master's was very much help. I got my master's in, in healthcare administration right. and like that was cool for a little bit. But you tell people that and they're like, well, why aren't you working at a hospital? Well, it's fucking hard as hell to get a job at a hospital and especially yeah. in, a, in like in in administrative position. Yeah, and then it's I don't I'm not happy in that environment. Right. So, but a business administration. Um, degree like it wasn't the worst thing in the world right um because you do get a lot of the basic principles of business and you do learn like business speak and terminology which is yeah. very useful and um i did i actually took entrepreneurship classes i was the president of my entrepreneurship club in Linwood. Okay. so like we had so many different entrepreneurs come in and like speak to us and just recommend books and different things which was kind of cool hearing their stories yeah but on that same note i think i think education is a, a great tool across the board so whether you go to school or whether you go it depends on the person like how they their learning style yeah. whether you're reading books whether you're going to courses i believe that life should be a life like you should have a lifelong education like that's what you should be you should be learning along the way Always, no matter what never stop so learning. i don't think there's nothing to me there's nothing wrong with going to school because you're still learning whether it's in a book or whether it's from a teacher or whether it's on your own um, I just get weary of people going to school and becoming students and not actually somebody who's in the, 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 the feet on the field playing the game. Yeah. That's where you're going to learn the most. And that's right. true. Like you can't play business. Like you can't play on, like you got to be in it and, and you're not just like some fake, like, Oh, here's my PowerPoint presentation on like, you know, uh, my business plan, like yeah. real businesses to me don't operate in that way right they operate very like almost like entrepreneurship to me is like very like rogue oh yeah dude well and a lot of it's theory in school and then also you're always being graded right so it always has to be perfect but Mm -hmm. in fucking business dude dude it's messy it's it's never perfect super messy if you think about some of the stuff that you put out like what grade would you have gotten in school you know like in real Uh, business like dude like that's probably like c work but Mm -hmm. i gotta fucking put it out dude like i gotta do something you gotta do something you know so that's the thing like and I think you have to be the judge and the jury of your own stuff because anybody could look at your work that you're putting out. Like, oh, that's an A. Like, it's very, almost like very like subjective. So it's if true. you feel good with it, then that's all, all that matters. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think um, the biggest challenge with just kind of that system would be um, from an entrepreneurship perspective would be like coming out of school with like yeah. debt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah if yeah. if you know if if the mm-hmm. goal is to go to school to make money, mm-hmm. and you're going into business for yourself to make money, was it advantageous to, to put yourself in a hole? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean. 
in that manner because you could have invested that in a million other ways totally, into your business. Totally. Not saying you specifically, right. but you know, in a grander sense. I, I mean, I, I will be completely transparent that I was lucky enough to have parents that helped me and pretty much paid for my education. Oh, that's beautiful. Which was great. Absolutely. I, I mean, I could be in student loan debt to this day. I mean, it's it's like a ball and chain. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are in different situations that have that. So I, I'm very very grateful and just for those opportunities that I've had because I don't know I can't really speak to it because. I don't have that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get you. I totally get you. For sure, dude. For sure. Um, so let's change gears a little bit. What is primal? Mm. What is primal? Primal is what's been around forever. Um, you mentioned like the, like how the industry changes. Uh, it's a, it's a kind of like common sense approach to fitness where you're doing more of like upright restorative human movement. So we're sitting down all day. Everybody says, you know, sitting is killing our bodies. We are just totally, our posture is all twisted up. So like everything we do at Primal is like building good, solid foundational fitness that you can do other things as a jump off pad to do other things with. So nobody's like, no matter what fitness program you're doing, what I notice is like nobody's like talking about the basics. They're going very fancy. They're doing all this crazy stuff. But they can't even do like a squat. Like yeah. the number one, like basic human movement 101. Like, what does a squat look like? And they're doing jump squats and they're doing squats on a BOSU ball and they're doing, you know, all this. It's just ridiculous. So I find that the stuff that, that's worked the best has been around forever. Even though there's more information coming out, mm-hmm. the tried and true fundamentals of squatting and pushing and pulling and hinging yes. and doing them correctly with good technique will put you to the end of the game. Like it will take you through the rest of your life. Like Absolutely. you can do that forever. If yeah. you do it safely and you have mobility and you're like, you're flexible and all that stuff and you're generally strong, you will be in the shape you want, feel the way you want. And you'll just feel good in your body. Yeah. So like rather than getting from like the, the trends and the gimmicks and the fads and the, the latest and greatest and the next best thing, what's been around since the beginning of time and that's just basic human movement. Yeah, and so that's what we do. building like that foundational yeah, strength. Yeah, nobody builds the foundation. Yeah, man, because I mean, there are these basic human movement patterns that we can't even do. Most people can't do. No, a lot of people can't do it. And um, you know, honestly, do a lot of it where it starts is we're all fucking wearing shoes all day, mm-hmm. all day, every day from the time we're kids. Like, I don't know why we do this, but we say put your baby in shoes to help them walk. Yeah. That's the worst thing you can do to help them walk. Right. Like, you're you're taking their foot's ability, you're taking away the ability of the foot to build strength and muscles that it needs. Yeah, there's, right? all the, there's muscles in your foot, like ground stabilization like when i talk about squats first of all we train barefoot in the gym have to and we talk about i talk about like gripping the ground with your feet Mm -hmm. to like really like almost like screw yourself in to pull yourself into a squat right yep yeah yeah. like creating like counter like Mm anti-rotation yeah tension through Mm -hmm. the ground yeah dude that's where it's at because like shoes are like a cast like you have some of these shoes these days too are like walking on like cinder block like they're like clouds and pillows. constant elevation of yeah. the of the heel where the so. heel where the uh the sole is like you know one of these books on the, i mean they can't see it but like you know a, a three inch oh they can we got camera oh, <laughs> the sole is like i mean you're literally like walking on something like that all the time dude and um i've for the past like year i've just f- solely focused on like rebuilding my squat and like mm-hmm. it started with my hips but then i realized like i go I, from the ground up yeah i have to go to my feet right yep, so like totally. now i'm just totally working on like my my ankle mm-hmm. uh mobility, mobility. And, and which just, nobody think like people when they think about squats like oh let me work on my hips which is cool but like literally start from the bottom and build yourself up you have to man and um so just a couple of days ago i had a buddy he's working with um 
young dude, um, left-handed pitcher, um, got drafted right out of high school to the league. Wow. Um, so I think he just came back for rookie ball. So he's here until he's going off until spring ball. Okay. And um, he brought him in so we could do some May stuff. He was doing some speed and agility. But, like, mm. I was looking at his squat, dude. I'm like, he couldn't do the squat. So I, I put some plates underneath his heels. Elevate his heel. Perfect yeah. squat. Right. I'm just like, see, dude, you're fucking tight here. Yeah. So, like. And that's what's interesting, too, like. He's a pitcher. He's a he's a fucking high level athlete. That's not, so, and he can't do a basic human movement of a squat. So, like, yeah, he's not squatting in the game. You know, he's not like, but like, still, you should. I think every human should be able to do these basic movements that most even high level athletes can't do correctly. Right. Yeah. So, like, you know, he sure he needs to work on like shoulder all that stuff and shoulder strength thing and rotator cuff. But like, to me, if somebody can't do a squat, they're definitely not able to like use their legs and hips and like something's wrong there right and so um i went to a couple workshops down at on it and shane hines taught them and he uses this um he talks about like having this balance of Mm -hmm. like it's like you're you want to try to ideally we would try to keep people like really balanced right to where they can perform but they have mobility and all that but for like these athletes they really need to be be like they just have to be for like yeah like they're really over here for their sport performance and whatnot so it's like we we can't necessarily get them here where we want them to but we're trying to get them as close as we can so that way they can still perform and do what they need to do right so that way they're better so the highest level athletes are some of the most like unbalanced. Yes, it, it, but because they, their body, your body's a very good like um, compensator. Oh yeah, so it will figure out the way to do it. So Always. like sometimes for something like a high level athlete, if you do bring them too far to the middle, they won't perform with their sport. Exactly. So it's like trying to find that balance yeah. for them, right? Because they're they've adapted. Because mm-hmm. like you said, the body's always searching for homeostasis, so it'll find a way it'll to find an adapt. It. Yeah, that's why I tell people like. You don't know how good you can feel until you just feel it, because your body. That's all you've ever known. Yeah, your is, body's found homeostasis, so right. you think you feel fine, but you're smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, right. and you're not sleeping well, and you're eating like shit. So you think you feel fine, but you don't. Right. You know what I mean? That's, so it's yeah, just that's a good point too. That like, you don't know what it feels like to feel the energy and feel how your body feels when you are like or the mental clarity that comes with it that's Mm -hmm. i think that's the biggest thing is just the the mental like fog is lifted Mm -hmm. um but when people say that i don't even know what that means you know because i've always been like healthy and like health conscious so like people talk about that so it's like it works to the the other end like i almost wish like i almost wish i could put on like a, a helmet or like some kind of like brain thing to feel like what it feels like if I wasn't somebody who's worked out their entire life or ate good food. Like holy, crap. give me. Some well, let me ask you this: So what 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 constitutes as eight like eats good food? Because like, what's your diet? Everybody's like? different. Yeah, well, so everybody's I'm, different, and then like. Yeah, yeah. so I'm very uh, I'm very like vegetable heavy first. I believe that you should eat a lot of vegetables as your main source, like um, you know salads or spinach or carrots or whatever absolutely uh lean protein and then just healthy fat like straight up that's i don't follow keto i don't i just eat a vegetable at every meal some type of lean protein and then a healthy fat that's legit dude that's so it. yeah i mean i just i feel don't count like, calories i don't like yeah. eat between i've done some like fasting kind of stuff but like i'm like three square meals a day two snacks as close to whole food as possible lean protein chicken fish turkey Eggs, egg whites, and healthy fat, avocado, nuts. Um, again, the, the main source being I feel like people 
are not eating enough vegetables, right. which adds to like volume, vitamins, minerals, hormones, optimum, all that stuff. I truly believe that the, especially the American diet is so carb and protein heavy that it really is messing with us. Really? So I think that vegetables are a key thing because it's not even like I've said before, it's not even what the client is eating. It's what they're not eating, and yeah. that's usually vegetables. Yeah, yeah, dude. So it's not, they're, it's not they're eating like fast food, bad things, McDonald's, all that. It's not that what they're, it's what they're not eating, and that's lean protein and vegetables. Yeah, well, because they're not getting those micronutrients, right? Correct. You need those nutrient-dense foods. So. Just the volume because mm-hmm. I feel like you can eat – you know, you could go to uh, out to eat and eat a thousand calories, easy, twelve hundred calories. And when you're also eating like very like dense food, your calories are so high. Where if you eat like volu- what is the word voluminous food, voluminous, whatever, like you can just eat more. Yeah. Like we're just overeating. Obviously, I mean, like the only reason why somebody's fat is because they're eating too much calories, which is energy, and they're sitting on their ass. Mm-hmm. So how do we like still have people eat like a lot of food? You fill it with vegetables yeah yeah and they're gonna get those nutrients mm-hmm. right um and and some of that is like people's palates have just been oh they're super um what, what's the word like uh they're just on overdrive yeah i mean they're, they're it's just always seeking these highly palatable foods yeah. that are very just like nutrient lacking you mm-hmm. know what i mean it's so so you don't eat like very many and it doesn't sound like you grew up eating very many like processed no, carbohydrates dude my, yeah that's man. very good dude that's awesome my, my, my parents weren't like health freaks about it but we always had we always had good food in the house, like home-cooked meals. We never went out to, like, fast food restaurants. So, like, to me, like, again, like, I'm a little, like, I got lucky in that sense where, like, yeah. I've never had to, like, fight, like, this whole, like, upbringing of, like, well, my mom, you know, made pasta and made me finish the whole meal. And, like, you don't want to waste food because there are starving kids in Africa. Like, yeah. I didn't have that. So, like, I just made sure that, like – you know, from, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, I got lucky in that sense. Yeah, dude, that's good. That's so funny because I was the complete opposite, dude. So, like, I grew up with, um, like, I grew up in a town called Potosi, which yeah. isn't too far from I've here. I've heard of it. Probably, yeah. like, 1,500, 2,000 people there. Okay. And even even further out than that is where my grandma lived, like, on a dirt road, like, on this farm. Right. So, like, I grew up just, like, eating, like, white bread yeah. and just, like, shit food yeah. and eat all your, like, eat, clean your plate. Yeah, eat every, it all. Eat dude. it all, right. Dude, like, so that's, I had to, like, Fight battle against, against that, against yeah. that yeah. shit. So, that's good, dude. Like, yeah, because when you have a diet that consists of predominantly um, refined carbohydrates, mm-hmm. processed foods, mm-hmm. things out of boxes, not, mm-hmm. not real whole foods, um, predominantly plant-based diet. Right. You know what I mean? Like when you're eating shit like that, like, yeah, dude, th- that shit will fucking fog you oh, up. It'll, it'll fog you up. And then like you said, the palate thing is really interesting, interesting to me because to me at this point, like when I eat like an apple, it tastes like candy. Super sweet. It's like, um, oh, it's dude. so, it's like my palate is just, it's just, it's, it's on point. Like it's just, it's, uh, I don't know what the word is, but I, I feel like, um, we have a sensitive palate, right? Right. Right. Yeah. And then when I do eat the other stuff, I'm like, Whoa. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. The, like the, the chemicals in my brain, are like bing, 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 bing. But like at the same time, it's almost like too much to me. I can't even do like salad dressings because they're too sweet. Yeah. yeah. Like I just do like olive oil or avocado mm-hmm. oil or something. But you have, but that's like a, you're at like the spectrum that you want to get to, but like, you have to cut for clients. What I've noticed is get, them, get there. them there. Yeah. How like, do you, how do you like to do that with clients? It's a challenge. That's, dude, that's like the million dollar question. Yeah. I don't know. Cause <laughs> I feel like it, that's hard. What, one thing in, in my gym is I really try to focus on nutrition more so than fitness. Like even though I'm a trainer, like I in want the beginning people to work out all the way through. The way through. Yeah. I'm like, you know, like I don't care how much you work out here. Like, you know, it's not about, it's not about effort. It's not about like what else you can do. It's about restriction. And that comes through food. What, what do you restrict on your plate? 
So for me, like nutrition has been so, so important to everything. Like I'm not just going to kick your ass in the gym and be like, oh, you, you'll lose the weight this way. Like, you got to make sure you're putting the, the right food and the right things in your body to get the results that you want, to feel the way you want to feel and to perform the way you want to perform. So the way I get somebody is just like, like baby steps. Um, yeah. I used to, actually, I use the term green face for every meal. So green being vegetables, not every vegetable is green, but like most are. Eat the rainbow is what I like to say. Yeah, and like uh, Skittles, Skittles, that are, Skittles that are Taste a great the job rainbow. of like yeah. doing that. Um, and then what was the – oh, and face. Face being uh, a protein because usually protein had a face at one time. Right? Yeah. Chicken, fish. So I just say green face every meal. That means vegetables, protein every meal. Yeah. So you mentioned, I've heard you mention a couple of times lean proteins, chicken, fish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, do you not do much beef or what, what, what's, what's your yeah, thoughts on, yeah. on fatty meats and stuff I, like I that? I do once in a while. Um, I just don't process it that well. I feel like kind of heavy after. Um, I don't do a lot of red meat. Really? Yeah. And th- what's funny about the whole fitness industry is like you can probably find somebody in your podcast that like swears by red meat and only eats red meat and like doesn't eat any vegetables. And who knows? Like who's right here? I don't know. I, I just find that like for me, my healthy fat comes from like nuts, avocados, you know, almond butter, things like that, or egg, egg yolks. Egg yolks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for beef, like I don't know. I, I like it. I don't eat as much as I used to. Yeah. Uh, a lot of my stuff is just turkey, fish, or eggs. Yeah. I'm always just curious. So yeah. I personally, I don't even eat meat every day. Yeah. Um, I don't actually eat as much poultry as I used to. I've, I've found that from a from a micronutrient standpoint, mm-hmm. it's um, it's not as dense as like red meat would be, but it is from just from a macro standpoint, from a protein standpoint, yeah. it's great. Um, but yeah, um, I'm not against red meat. Um, I feel like I'm not against it. Yeah. I feel like yeah. it's like grass fed, grass finished. Dude, there's nothing, um, there's nothing it's been shown to be the most nutrient dense form yeah. of protein. So and a, a juice, I mean, a juicy oh, burger burgers, or like a really good steak. There's yeah. nothing better. Yeah. I'm just curious how you eat. That's yeah. I, I don't really, I don't eat it. I, I would say I probably eat red meat maybe once a week. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And like I said, dude, I don't even eat meat every day. No. I, I really got to a point to where I was damn near vegetarian, like just, really? just mostly eating just like eggs. Oh, okay. I eat a ton of eggs. Yeah. But not so much anymore. Um, I, I use. Have you tried Butcher Box? Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. So yeah. I've, tr- I've I've gotten a couple orders. I The meat tastes awesome. It really? tastes great. Um, but I'm not – I don't think it's something I would use all the time. How come? Um, well, during the summer months, shipping, like I – it wasn't you even coordinate. Yeah, because pick it up. they send it to you and they yeah. drop it off at your house and it's packed and whatnot. But yeah. like, but you got to be home in like a couple hours. Dude, you got to be there. Yeah, yeah, because one time it was sitting outside of my door for probably like four or five hours. Nothing Not crazy long. Great. Yeah, but it was still melted by the time I got. And this wasn't even the dead of summer. Right. So I think I'm gonna get a pretty big order like coming up here in December and, and then, then just freeze it. Just freeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll just sit for a second, but. It's hard to find good quality meat, mm-hmm. dude. You know what I mean? Like organic or grass-fed, grass At one finish. point, I ended, uh, this is probably years ago, I bought like a uh, half a cow from a farm out in That's a good Missouri. move. Yeah. I'm going to start hunting. Yeah. I, um, I've always wanted to do it. I never did it growing yeah. up. Fucking who, being in Missouri, there's yeah. opportunity everywhere, right. but I never did it. I'm going to start bow hunting. Yeah. Listen to Rogan. He yeah. like got me wanting to do it. So That's my cool. dad does it. My brother does it. My uncle does it. Had they always done it or they just recently <sighs> picked you it up? You know, my dad didn't really start hunting until after. I moved out of the house. Okay. So he's actually my stepdad. Right. I, that's who I call my dad, though. And um, I am 12 years older than my youngest brother. 
So, okay, you're basically like an only child then. Yeah, so yeah, I like, have two two younger brothers that right. I grew up in the house with. Uh, one is six, about five five years younger than me. The other is 12. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So there's still a pretty big gap there's between gaps, all of yeah. us. So, yeah, I was almost like an only child. I mean, like six years. Yeah. So I wasn't like super close to the one like growing right. up. We were just in different phases of our lives. Totally. But, um, yeah, no, like, so, like, my youngest brother and my dad, like, they hunt and shit like that. I'm like, cool. I just want that meat. It's, like, the healthiest meat you yeah, can get, man. like, wild game. There's, there's something about it very primal about going out and killing your own food and then, like, you know, preparing it. And then there's something very fulfilling and just like, probably tastes – subconsciously, it probably tastes better. Right. I don't know. It's a lot of fucking work, I'm sure. Like, oh, yeah. Like, the ultimate goal is to, like, go out to, like, I don't know – Colorado or one of the Dakotas or Montana or something like go in the back country and go get yeah. like an elk or something right. like that'd be fucking and that'd dope. probably feed you for a whole year dude it would feed you for so long it's like hundreds of pounds of meat yeah yeah, yeah. I don't imagine well dude can they hunt in New York no not uh, like in the ups, city but like ups, in the state in the city yeah pigeons <laughs> maybe pigeons yeah and, um actually I was watching a documentary uh Planet Earth they said that the the highest density of hawks and birds is actually in New York City. Really? Because they have more like perch points, oh. and they can. There's more like just um, like fish, I guess, and like other. A lot of these hawks eat actual um, pigeons, and there's so many pigeons in New York City. The highest concentration of hawks, which you never think of, is in New York City. Oh. Yeah. Mm, fascinating. Um, fascinating. But no, you don't. You can't. You can't hunt. Obviously, I think you can. Um, I think you can hunt. In upstate New York, because I mean New York is New York is huge. A lot of people when they talk about New York, they talk about New York City. But yeah. there's beautiful Syracuse, Buffalo. The upstate state is New big, York yeah. is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And not nobody I knew the the first person I like like knew that hunted was I met in St. Louis. Nobody uh, that I knew in New York City yeah, that was, was the like thing. going up on the weekends to upstate New York and hunting. It was not a thing. Also, guns were not a thing. Like, yeah. nobody in New York had a gun. Guns everywhere. No, I mean, yeah, I remember going out to a club with my, one of my buddies when I first moved here. I met, and he had a gun underneath his seat. I'm like, dude, what are you doing with that? And he's like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. It was just a whole – that was – speaking of, like, your first question, that was a huge culture shock to me was the whole – like, it was just very much like, oh, I got a gun. I go hunting. Different way of life. Very different, different yeah. Way of life. Yeah, I, um, I used to have a gun, and I got my CCW, mm-hmm. my concealed carry, and I didn't even carry my gun. Yeah. I sold it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not too used to it, but um, anyway, so I took us on a tangent. So back to primal. Mm-hmm. You were training in a you're so you're training like a big box gym mm-hmm. lifetime. Yeah. And then so when was primal born? I got were fired you, from yeah, that. Oh, did you? Yeah, that's why I started primal. Oh, for real? Yeah. So uh, I started at, I was at lifetime and I was starting to like brand myself because I just had a unique way of doing things with my clients that even at the time were different than the other trainers. Did they not like you doing like your own? Because those big box gyms, they all want you to do the same shit. Like everybody's putting people on BOSU balls and everybody's following the same style Yeah, the reason like my training was so basic and like the way my – even with my – approach towards food with my clients was so basic that like they didn't like that because like i was like you, need, you don't need, you don't need to go to a dietitian just eat real food fuck it's like, pretty simple well, pretty simple like but like no you got to sell them more nutrition sessions you got to sell them more supplements i'm so like they dude, don't even need something i don't need that shit they yeah. just gotta fucking eat vegetables eat lean protein you know sweat every day do so, like so like i was so like pulling the, the the covers off of everything and being like, yo, they don't have to do any of this stuff. And they didn't like that, number one. Number two, they didn't like me branding myself. They wanted things to do. They wanted it done their way. And I also started, like, blogging, and they started seeing that. And, like, they want to keep everybody 
in this in little, their box, yeah. like literally the big box. They want to keep everybody in the box. Yeah. The more people that are there drinking the Kool-Aid, doing what they want to do, doing how they want things to be done, the happier everybody is. So um, I actually took a uh, – I got a, a sponsorship deal from First Form. Yeah. And once they saw that, they gave me the boot because it was a conflict of interest because – uh, Lifetime sold supplements. First one was a supplement company. So they want to be pushing Lifetime product, not first one product. And there was just a whole bunch of other stuff beyond that. But at the, at the end of the day, that was the, the basic layer of like, okay, this kid is like doing his own stuff. He's calling his own training style. And they, it was like you said, it was a, a blessing in disguise. Yeah. I think it's cool you're able to do all of that, like under that like system. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how many um, like big box trainers actually take that initiative and do that. Right. You know what I mean? And like build that clientele and build the, that it following. It was the entrepreneurship probably. Yeah. It was just that, that idea of like, hey, like I can probably do things my own way better and not, again, butting heads with my boss. Like I want to do things my way. And I just felt like I had something unique and clients were really responding to it. And they saw better results. Yeah. You know, I, wasn't, I wasn't the top trainer at the gym, but my clients were very loyal. Yeah. Very loyal. That's what matters. Yeah. Loyalty matters. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. funny you say that. I was just, um, I was just listening to, uh, one of the TNT podcasts with Sal. Okay. Um, I just, I just handpicked like a few of them to kind of like listen to. I'm just always trying to just like get different knowledge from here and there. And it was, it was one of the, it was one on business. Okay. And that's what he was talking about. Like, like just building loyalty with business. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's just, you struck a chord. It's probably one of the most important things. Like when I got, when I got fired, on like a, I was thinking it was like a random Tuesday. I luckily met a guy who is a was a godsend down the road that owned a CrossFit gym, and I'm I mean I'm forever indebted to him because I was able to literally from Tuesday I shut I set up shop Wednesday down the block and trained all my clients the next day. How many clients like, did you take with you? I probably took all in probably like ten to twelve. I probably. There was a couple like older people that wouldn't go to a CrossFit gym. They're mm-hmm. not going to do that. So um, I probably five probably stayed. Twelve probably came with me. Uh, so I had a really good base to start with, and I was nervous because like here we were at like the Taj Mahal of you know training it's facilities. Nice facility. It's beautiful, and then we're going to some like dingy CrossFit gym down the road that's just an empty room with like some hard floor and there's like, there's no air conditioning or heat. I was like, are they going to come? But they all did, man. Nice. I got lucky. Nice. Nice. I looked that place up. Um, I came across you like through first form. Okay. Yeah. And, um, this was like back when you're operating like your old page. Mm -hmm. And, um, so like I saw like where you're training at and like, I just looked them up on Google. And so it's like, it's like in the bottom of the fucking complex, like around the back. It was around the back. Yeah. Yeah. So so, like I had no sign. (laughs) I was in the bottom basement behind the building and I was in a cross. People were like so confused. They're like, wait, you're in this other, I'm like, yeah, just come, I'll I'll explain it. We'll just come inside. So like it it was, it was different because like I I was trying, it was a good test for me to try to see if Primal could stand on its own two legs. Mm-hmm. And like I could still train, do my own thing. I could pay a flat, I, I basically subleased the gym from the owner of Trent. And I could pay a flat fee and just try it out. Like I was month to month, um, so I could just, if it didn't work, it was all good. So that was like, I did that for probably two years. And then we just got too busy. Like he got too busy. I started getting too busy. We were kind of like on top of each other. We were kind of like button heads a little bit. And uh, I was like, yo, I'll just get my own space. And then I got my own space probably last year. Yeah, dude, that's how, I mean, that's entrepreneurship though, yeah. right? I mean, just fucking making it happen. And it, the, the whole, way, the whole, back to your biggest, the other, the, not to your, back to your other thing about um, having an open mind. 
even though I was like at lifetime doing my own training style, I still wanted to learn from other coaches. So I reached out to Trent on my own, even though he did a CrossFit thing six months prior and had a relationship with him. So like when I got fired, I called him up right away and I had that relationship already. I think it's so important to like I reached out, man. Yeah. Build those relationships. I had relationships. Yeah. Make those connections and like understand that like, Hey, like that may not be my style of training. Yeah. And I was, but there's something that's cool. man. Doing, yeah, exactly. Like, I didn't really agree with the Olympic lifting for, like, general population, but, like, there was something that CrossFit was doing that obviously was really, really, like, attracting people into their gym. So I was like, you know what? I can learn something. I I wanted to learn how to do these movements, Um, so I had that relationship. Thank God, because otherwise I would be at Gold Gym then. If I got fired from Lifetime, I I wasn't going to open my own gym after that. I mean, that that was too much of a jump. Yeah, that would have been a very daunting task yeah. in, that, in that moment. In that moment, like, okay, here I am fired next. Like, I have to go find space, oh, get equipment, dude. sign a lease. Like, Last I mean, literally the next day I was able to keep keep everything rolling. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's good you're able to recognize that you had somebody, you know, mm-hmm. in your network yeah, that was able yeah. to help Actually, you. Actually, in, in uh, I wrote a like, little primal book training. I thank my, my best client to this day is Molly, who I got from a phone list randomly. Like, who? You nobody, cold called? Yeah, cold called. She's my it. best client still to this day, four years from a cold call. That's dope. Uh, I, tr- I, thank, I thanked her and I thanked uh, Trent, who was the owner of the CrossFit gym, because if I didn't have him, there, it would have been it would have been game over. And then I think I think I think I thank my mom even. So, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, it's always good to thank yeah, mom, dude. Right. It's always good. Um, yeah, no, I think that's cool because um, there are. Well, actually, let me let me say something different. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of like the CrossFit model. Right. One thing that I I, I kind of can appreciate it for is that it has opened up people like the Gin Pops minds to other true. forms yeah. of like They put barbells strength. in people's hands, like, and Which, they did more of like, yo, it can be like so simple and so like body weight focused like it was yeah. against the machines which yeah. i really liked yeah i've i've kind of gravitated towards like my idea of like true strength is something like if if i had to like put a word on it like gymnastic strength mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like those guys are so fucking dude. mobile they're so strong, so strong. like shredded out dude yeah. like my goal is like what i'm working towards are like my two things i've been working on Can you like do a, a planche what? Can you do a planche like that? No. No, yeah, I'm not that good at that. So like, hard. I'm trying to work towards my handstand and then, like yeah. the splits. Yeah. Okay. So, but, dude, they do it so effortlessly, yeah. and um, I feel like that's just like a true measure of fucking I, I strength, agree. like I being agree. able to control the body. Yeah. So that's probably at least been like one positive out of CrossFit. I think it's at least kind of shed some light on that gymnastic strength because you got those dudes and they're doing handstand push-ups, yep. they're doing fucking handstand walks. The, the problem with CrossFit for me is the Olympic movements. Uh, yeah. The big classes, like they're very intense and there are a lot of people. Yes. So like you're just getting kind of like lost in the mix and then you're yeah. trying to be like competitive with it too. That, yeah. I mean, you're, you're adding load to movements that people maybe shouldn't be adding load to, right. you know, prematurely and different mm-hmm. things. So, yeah, I have a, a definite issue with that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just want to talk about yeah. the gymnastic strength. Right. Yeah, it's no, such I, an th- important I think thing. gymnastic, I think. Yeah, like like a lot of those guys, like you said, like they're they have everything. Like if I was to look at buckets for general fitness, it would be like mobility, strength, and also like low body weight to strength ratio. Like they're really light, but they're really strong, which is important. Like yeah. I don't care if you deadlift five hundred pounds if you weigh. 
350. Like, that's not impressive to me. Yeah. Impressive to me is somebody who deadlifts 500 and weighs 150. Right. Yeah. You know, um, the, the more I've learned, um, I've just, I've just kind of come to the realization that, like, uh, strength is the foundation mm-hmm. because, like – Strength is king, man. Yeah. Like, are you familiar with Pavel Tetsulin? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Strength, you know, strength first. So yep. – um, or strong first rather. Yeah. So like, like strength is that foundation. And then like, I've always kind of bucketed mobility separate, but the more I've learned is like mobility is strength. how you get to strength. Well, mobility is strength. It's like strength in our end ranges of motion. Yeah. So it's just like, um, it's just, a, it's just a different branch of the same thing yeah. almost, but, uh, um, no, strength is King. Like it really if, is. And the way you get to that is like learning the proper movements and loading them safely. And the way you get to that is by mobility, flexibility, and just like proper coaching. Like it's really that simple. Patience. It's really that simple. Yeah. 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 Just get stronger at the basic movements. So mm-hmm. like squat, deadlift, push, pull. I even put in like carry, like carry, yep, carry. carry. And then I'll even put in crawl because crawl. it helps people like learn like cross patterning. And also it, it, it can really um, highlight a lot of imbalances. Yeah. Like core stabilization. Can they like keep their core or their hip shifting um, do they have a hard time like maintaining their trunk stabilization? So like for me, I do the crawl into that whole I, – I say there's seven movements. Squat, hinge, push, pull, carry, crawl, and plank. Hmm. They can do those things safely and yeah. like really good with good technique, and then you can load them, then they'll be in great shape, and they can do anything. I can dig that. They I can, can dig anything. that. I think I've uh, – so I've had the seven. So I've had what? So push, pull, push, squat. Push, pull. Hinge. So wait, push, pull, squat, hinge, lunge, carry, carry, crawl, plank. Yeah. So I've always heard a little bit differently. So I've heard push, pull, squat, hinge. Um, what was it? I had lunge. Yeah. And then uh, there's carry. Yeah. But I had one more. What did I say? Push, pull, push, pull, cool. squat, Could be swing, maybe? hinge. Maybe it was lift. Lift. I don't know. Push. Rotation. Rotation? My, yeah, that's what it was. My, it was rotation. Yeah. That's what it was, rotation. Yeah. That was the other one. That's the one I've heard. But then, then I've heard like move like primal movement patterns, like basic human movement patterns. So you have like crawling, yep. um, rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, where are some of the other ones? I don't know. But uh, crawl- squat, I mean squatting. A yeah. Lot of kids cr- just kind of hang out. Yeah, and squat. squatting, rolling, crawling, like those type of things, like yeah. those those uh, those quadruped the movements reason why on I put the ground. Cr- crawl in there, like I said. It just, I like it. And then plank for me just adds to like core stable, which people don't know. Like they can't even like hold their body. Yeah. Like plank is good because like it teaches like to that that like kind of like that band, like that that shell of like keeping everything tight and rigid, um, which will help injury. I feel like with low back, which is, like, the biggest thing. Like, if you can't, like, brace up your core, you're going to get hurt. It's super important. It's super important. And so many people think that their core is just their abs. But, yeah. I mean, it's – No, it's the whole wrap. Yeah, you got every, everything around it's it. It's actually – technically, it's actually knees to nipples. Yep. This is your whole core. All the way here. Yeah. All the way around. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, so many people just get that confused. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's just such an important point. Like, those basic human movement patterns and that's are what, what we should be doing. That's what you should be doing. And then adding strength on top of that. Like, get those, like, like laid out foundationally. Like, learn to do those, and then you can get stronger at them. And then you're good. Yeah. Like, what else do you need besides that? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to add load before. I no. feel like I feel like load is earned. Dude, yeah. No way, man. Like, the, the, the fact that the injury rate is so high, even in the fitness world, is like a big – that's a big red flag for me. Because a lot of people that are in their, like – because we're a generation of fitness. So, you have a lot of guys that are in their 30s with, like, broken shoulders and bad knees and, like – bad hips like 
what do you think is going to happen at 40 and 50 years old if you keep doing this? Right. We're so young, our body should not be breaking down at this age. Right. No way. And what's, what a lot of people don't understand is that, like, the changes that need to happen to the tissue that needs mm. to be changed, yes. it, it takes a long time. You know what I mean? That, car- really, that, yeah. that cartilage and that tendon, you know, it takes – Fuck, I can't remember. I was listening to a Tim Ferriss podcast with, um, I can't remember which guy, but he was talking about like, it takes like months and months for that cartilage to actually change, like six months to actually start getting like real significant changes in that type of tissue. Mm -hmm. So especially when you're healing. So like, it's just patience. Like you gotta have patience. And then there's people like that. Yeah. That that won't even go to the, like there's, it's funny how like the more you get down the rabbit hole of fitness and so many people are just like. They're not even. De- they're just like kind of looking over it. Like mm-hmm. there's so many different things as you get down. Like yeah. with like tissue. Like talk to most people about tissue. Like what are you talking about? Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's you gotta kind of fine tune who you're talking to or what you're right. saying when you talk to different. Yeah, people. Yeah, I like this stuff, but like it's, it's interesting. Like how like general population, I would say 98% of the people won't even like go to a gym. Yeah. Like we're talking about tissues and all that. It's just so interesting that like I'd say people have gym memberships that use them twice a week, right. twice a month. Well, and that's what the gyms count on, right? I mean, that's how they can sign up so many people. Yeah. Um, so how do you like to deal with, because so many people, I'm sure they're like, Ryan, tell me what to do. Mm. Tell me what to eat. Just tell them, just, I don't, I'm just, I don't, how do you, how do you like to deal with that? Uh, I mean, I, I really, for, for the eating thing, I just, I try to simplify. I, I just say the green face thing. I say vegetables. I say it's not what you're, Eating, it's what you're not eating. That's pretty simple. As far as like telling you what to do, I just say show like as a trainer, I'm in a, a spot where I can just have them come in. I could just do the work for them with coach. That's really important. Like my job as a trainer is to teach you how to train and look at fitness so that you can, in theory, recreate it on your own. Yeah. That's a, the goal of a trainer. Like nothing's worse than seeing a client a year, two years down the road when they quit training for whatever reason and they gained it all back. I'm like, dude, like you spent so much time, energy and money in this and you like literally didn't learn a, a damn thing. Yeah. So like I try to like take the thought out of it because nobody wants to think about it, mm-hmm. but layer on, okay, like teaching them like why we're doing these things. And that's actually why we spell primal with a Y. Like getting, first of all, it's getting to the client's why. Like, why are they here? What does fitness mean to you? Like, the why. But then also, like, why are we doing these exercises? And, like, making them think about it so that way they kind of can, like, ingrain it into their head. Sometimes even during the warm-up, I'll be like, all right, you do the warm-up. Like, what? You're going to tell me what to do. I'm like, you should know. You've been here for a year. Do the warm-up. So, like, you know, challenging them to think about fitness on their own because that will lead to consistency and then that will lead to a lifestyle. Right. Yeah. They, like really too much rely. Yeah. Too much people, too many people mm-hmm. rely on the coach as a crutch versus like using to them to extract the knowledge to do it themselves. Right. And I, I imagine some coaches want that, right? They, yeah, of they, course. they want there's you. no money in the cure. Yeah, dude. What are you talking there's about? No I, need, I need you to pay me yeah, forever, there's right? There's no money in the cure. But realistically, as coaches, like what we want to do is like teach them the skills cool. so that way they can go on and fucking yeah. do it on their yeah. own, right? And then it would go on and teach other people. Because like if you look at like the, the population of the world, like most people are not active, healthy individuals. So like if I could teach a client so much so that they can teach another person. That's like the ultimate, right? Like I actually, I, I try to teach my clients in the gym so much so that if a new person comes in and I have six people there, they can actually coach them in the movement just as better as, just as much as I could. Yeah. So I, I can't be everywhere. So I'm like teaching this one guy a new thing and then my other clients help. Me. So that's cool to me. It's super that cool. means I did my job. Like 
to the best of my ability. 100%. Um, I coach kids jujitsu as well. Okay. And um, so I do that on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturdays, and we'll have new kids come in. And, um, man, it, it can be challenging to always teach the same thing over and over. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool when we have a new kid and, like, one of the other kids, will like, one of the higher kids who've been there for a little bit longer, yeah. like the higher belts, they'll take those kids, they'll take them to the side, and they'll show them some of these new moves or, like, the warm-ups that we're doing. So That's it's just like, dude. It makes your job easier. And then also, like, it, 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 it empowers there's them. There's, yeah. It, it's, it's also something along the lines of, like, if you can teach something, you really know it. 100%. Yeah. And, um Teaching kids. That's hard. Dude, that was a... <laughs> dude, I don't know. That's like hurting cats, man. That's hard. Yeah. Well, you have to like really verbalize things in the most like simple, understood way because they don't necessarily have the same understanding of their body mechanics. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like... It's, it probably you, helps you be a better coach. It really has yeah. helped me a lot. Yeah. It's, um, it's been quite the experience. I've been doing it for um, almost two years now, okay. um, helping with these kids. And it has been... There's some quote that like, if you can't explain it to a sixth grader, you, can't, you don't know it. Something, something like, like that. that. I think Einstein says something like that. Yeah. I don't know. So many quotes. I'm a yeah. big... I, I fucking throw out quotes all the time. Yeah, yeah. So you said um, you put the why in there. Did you read that book, Start With Your Why? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. kind of the inspiration. The inspiration of, for Primal came a little bit from that, but also... Also because I felt like primal with an eye was so like kind of like boring and cliche uh -huh. and we 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 thought that uh, we could spell it a little different so we started writing out different ways to spell it and then we wrote primal with a Y and I was like bingo like why start with why and like mm -hmm. the whole re the whole thing is like why are you here what does it mean to you and that if you have that strong why like like really most people don't even know why they're even exercising no if you get that then you could actually emotionally tie them to the gym and then they're gonna like hopefully you know kind of get it and and show up on a consistent basis yeah yeah i think that's important um so we were talking about so like my brand with imposed will mm -hmm. so it's imposed will and i did i will so i period will i feel uh, like yeah, um yeah, yeah. just like that simple mantra i will fill in the blank you can do whatever the fuck that you want to do. Right. Um, so I, I use the tagline, or I'm kind of playing with it. So mindset, movement, performance. And the breakdown of that is I feel like as coaches, oftentimes we kind of have to train the mind first mm -hmm. um, just simply because – if you're a client or whoever, they can come in there, they can, they can do whatever work that they want to do. But like you said, like if they don't really internalize it, um, like if they don't have the right mindset, like they're going to fall off. Right. Like it, it's just, it doesn't matter. It's all for naught. Um, so like you train the mind first and then like, then we can start with, with movement, right? Mm -hmm. Building those basic patterns and then performance and performance can be anything. It can be the grandmother who wants to fucking play with their kids right. or grandkids, or it can be like the, the college or like the high school kid who's trying to make it into college and play, you know, football it's or basketball. Individual. You know yeah. what I mean? It can be anything. It's such a wide spectrum. So, um, yeah, I just feel like the, the mind is really well, like the it, start it, of it, it all. It, it really is. This is. This is a, a fitness is a mind game because everybody knows what they need to do. So many, but so many people don't do it. So like, it's gonna start between your ears. Like that yeah. has to get on point. Like, How do you uh, like to address that with your clients? I mean, because there's so, such a wide array of people. That I walk probably your doors. don't. I probably don't do a good job enough of that based on like because we're doing like small. Like I think when I did personal training, private training, I was able to really like dig deep with each individual client and like get to know them on a different level. Now that we're doing more like smaller group, like you're kind of like in the group, you don't really get to like dig deep on the client. So that I should probably, then that you mentioned that I probably should do better on that. Um, I try to just do it with like a very direct approach. Like 
you have to be like you have to be patient. It's going to take a long time. Yeah. Um, give them little pep talks here and there. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think I. I now that you mentioned, I'm not. I'm thinking about it. I probably don't do a good a good job of really like addressing that, even though that is probably the most important part. Uh, yeah. Hmm. So thank you. Hey, no worries, dude. <laughs> I'm just dude. It's just, yeah. it's, it's all a process, man. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think I've I've focused too much on the training more so like my clients show up they're consistent but like i think that they would like i would actually be able to get newer clients or like retain the ones that have fallen off from like really sitting down with them being like why are you here like let's let's focus on like where your head's at yeah and then that way they can like yeah be better in the gym well it's been really so i've I've always been about the mind and like like i said like i mean that's kind of been the basis of my brand and then i just did this four week like online coaching with um leo savage yeah. for steel mace flow and um dude the first week he's like we're not even gonna touch the mace like it's all like we're just we're gonna be touch the mind and um i think he kind of got that from um he did like this program called the strong coach okay. with uh mike bledsoe okay either way i think he kind of got that from that program mm -hmm. so it was just interesting to see a coach actually do that i feel like a lot of times as the fitness industry we're we like get right into it yeah well, let's it's, go. Like, it's like this is what you're here for yep. let's jump into it yeah. but he was just like hey man like he's like you're he's like you join my program like you're trusting me as 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 your coach yeah. This is what I want to do. And like, this is what we're going to do. So like he took some time to like have us um, do like some self-reflection. And um, one of the things that he had us do, which I think is a good practice. I've kind of already done it on my own, but he was just like, write out your perfect day, mm -hmm. um, which is just kind of like, you can extrapolate that to like your long-term goals, right? right? If you just figure out like if, if time and money, you know, isn't an object or whatever, what would it look like? What the fuck would your day be like? You yeah. know what I mean? So I, th I just thought that was pretty cool to see him incorporate that into his... Something different. Yeah, so I've just kind of been marinating on that since, you know, throughout this month. And um, one one of the group coaching things that he did, he put together a, a, a PowerPoint, and one of it was, like, uh, like eliminating... Oh, fuck, dude. I can't remember the exact term he used, but basically just, like, not being confident, just, like, eliminating just, like, negative words and okay. shit like yeah, that. Yeah. And just, like, um, just very, like... Uh, self-doubting talk you know what i mean self-doubt you know mm -hmm. just eliminate that fucking talk out of your out of your vocabulary yeah. so it was just pretty cool to kind of go through that experience and see how another coach does it i'm always studying people like yeah. how do they handle questions and clients and what do they do so i was just kind of curious to get your thoughts on that dude. that's cool like i mean like i said like i think um that is the most important part that's probably where i've fallen short um just as my business is like my training has like transitioned into more of like yeah training like I, I don't really focus on like the individual. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Well, dude, it's uh, it's all a journey. Yeah. Well, Ryan, we are just over an hour. Wow. Yeah. Time flies. It's been a great conversation. Yeah. Time flies, right? I know, right, dude. I'm I'm fucking <laughs> obsessed with time. I feel like um, I've always been like it's like the most important thing that we have. Like mm -hmm. you know, like it um, it's like it's like this um. It's this man-made concept. Like, it, right. it doesn't really exist, exist. but no. it's almost the most important thing because it's like... It is because, like, uh, you said you're going to be here at 12. So, like, I need, like you know what I mean? Like, there is yeah. something, like, there has to be constructs of time. Otherwise, the world would just be chaotic yeah. and crazy. Like, you wouldn't know what, like, anything. Yeah, it's just this, like, this measurement that we use. Although, I... So, this health coach that I follow on Instagram, uh, we've kind of connected. He posed this question what's the most important thing and i actually responded time and a lot of people did and um and then he gave me back a different response which later now that i listened to it i, th I think he may have got from a, a podcast because i listened to a podcast um with kyle kingsbury uh kyle kingsbury the uh, total human 
Total Human Optimization Hour. It used to okay. be the On It podcast. Okay. He had a guy on there. Long story short, he said that the um, like our greatest currency is our uh, like our mental energy because we all have the same fucking time, right. and you can have all day, but if you don't have the mental energy to get done what you time need to do, matter. time doesn't fucking matter. And yeah. I was like, man, that's a good point. So he took it into like you know if you're eating like shit, you know, because the food that we eat directly affects how we interact with this mm-hmm. world. So if you don't have the mental energy to do anything, what does it matter? Yeah, what does it matter how much time you have? You have all yeah. time in the world. If you can't even think straight, like yeah. So I heard it from him first, but then I caught it on that podcast. Yeah. I put two and two together. I could just be making that up. Maybe yeah. he didn't. Either way, it was an interesting perspective. I. Thought. Okay, so, fair enough. Um, you ever read, um, you ever hear of like Seneca? You know who Seneca is? I know that name. Is Seneca's, that is a philosopher? Yeah, yeah. He is a, a Stoic and he talks a lot about time and how like our, uh, most people waste time when it is like the biggest asset we've ever had. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's such a big part of our life. Yes. You know, you can get so much done and people think life is so short, but really life is long. So when long, you, when dude. You, when you utilize your time correctly. Yeah, dude, it's, it's so long. And um, I think people like, we skew it all the time. Like we talk about like the old days, like, well, people only lived till like 30 on yeah, average. Well, right. that's because so many fucking babies died. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So that skews the numbers because if you made it past adolescence, then you normally live to old age. Mm-hmm. So it's just, we just do weird things like that. Um, Sweet man. Cool. So, how can people get a hold of you um, if they want to say hi, yeah, ask questions, come sure. train with you out at Primal, dude? Yeah, what's I'd the, what's, I'd what's love the that. rundown? Um, so, on Instagram, you can do Primal Gym, and that's P R Y M A L Gym. Um, you can send me an email, my first name, Ryan, at B Primal, B as in boy, E as in Edward, Primal with a Y again, or um, on Facebook, Ryan Hansen. It should pop up. Awesome. And I'll put all of these links in the yeah. show notes so people cool. can get a hold of you, dude. Thanks, so, yeah, I really good. appreciate it. Cool. Thanks all for right, having me. Until next time. All right.